Gentlemen, start your engines. Uh, you tell me that about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Uh, I decided to dress down <laughs> because I've been in survival mode uh, for several days now. And since I live by myself, it's a little bit different, you know, the dynamics of uh, getting things ready. And then once the storm hits, cleaning up the whole situation. So uh, my own update is I really didn't have anything to complain about. I had three panels uh, of my fence uh, fell down and my neighbors are such beautiful people. They're, they're swarming me with tools and boards and they're going to fix it. And when are we going to set up a time to put the fence back together? Just amazing people. And I spent the day yesterday just uh, really cleaning up my yard, uh, decided to throw away my barbecue grill. I always buy the cheapy, cheap barbecue grills. They're like a hundred bucks. And mine was just uh, rusted out, probably not really from the storm, but just uh, old and threw away my umbrella on the patio furniture. So my front uh, lawn where the garbage is, it looks like Sanford and Sons. <laughs> if you're old enough to remember the show Sanford and Sons about the uh, junkyard. Uh, but in any case, did well. Um, so sorry for those people on the west coast of Florida, especially the southwest uh, part of Florida. Uh, the damages from Ian are just uh, almost beyond belief. And they're now reporting that the Damages from Ian is going to be uh, the fifth most costliest in U.S. history as far as hurricanes go. And we're looking at uh, right now an estimated uh, 67 people so far have been uh, uh, accounted for as as dead. A lot more are injured. And the cost of Ian could be as much as 65 billion. Some are saying 100 billion dollars. And the costs are not going to be just limited to what the damage is now, because what they always do, the insurance companies, is they're going to get that money back from us, right? So we're all going to see in the state of Florida some massive increases in homeowners insurance rates, which are already uh, really tricky and really high for a lot of people. But uh, in any case, I'm going to talk about a little bit more about homeowners insurance uh, in just a couple of minutes, but uh, good to have, re have everybody with us. My name is Jim Paris. The website is christianmoney.com. And being back um, in the mortgage business now, it was kind of interesting because I had a loan that was supposed to close on Tuesday of last week. And the lender, and it wasn't just one lender, but a lot of lenders did what they call a hurricane hold, where they basically said, no deals can close now until after the hurricane. Uh, so, what they did was after the hurricane, so this was on uh, Saturday, they came up with a map. And if your county was uh, you know, on the map and it had substantial damages, 
those counties are going to have to have reinspections of the properties that are pending for sale or for refinance before they're going to be allowed to close. In my area, which is Northeast Florida, uh, not really the, the case. What I'm hearing is most lenders are just requiring um, the borrowers to signify that there was no damage and then they're letting them close. So uh, what's happening is people are doing a final inspection of the property, no damage, uh, closings are going to start again tomorrow. So uh, everything's you know kind of getting back to normal. Here in my city, we did have um, almost the entire city was without power. Uh, so I live on the what we call the mainland side. So you have to go over the bridge to get to the island where the beaches are. So I'm on the mainland side and I was without power. Uh, my neighbor, I left for a little while. So my neighbors are saying we were out for like four or five hours. I thought maybe I was only down for a couple of hours because when I came back home, the power was back on. So just a handful of hours. But we did have some people right here in Palm Coast that were actually without power for like three days and then over the bridge. So on the beach side, uh, there are still people without power on the beach side. Uh, many of them were without power for four days, got the power back, but there are still some without power. So this is not over. And my favorite city uh, in the world, St. Augustine, man, it was heartbreaking. The, the, the videos that were being posted, uh, literally the entire historic district of St. Augustine was underwater. Um, in some cases, like um, Ponce de Leon, the, the main drag, when you come over the Bridge of Lions and you're driving along uh, where the fort is and all of that, there was as much as six feet of water that had accumulated that uh, where the, the flooding had, the ocean had come over the seawall and people were actually going up and down in boats, like in front of that area where Ripley's Believe It or Not is and the fort and all of that. Uh, I have not been up to St. Augustine to see the damage. But St. Augustine is an interesting city because over the years, they go through these storms and everybody just, you know, they clean up. And in some cases, they have to, you know, cut the uh, the drywall up to where the water line was and put new drywall in and, and, and kind of rebuild. And people do. And um, the whole city is is almost really when you're there and you sit by the seawall, you can see how high the water gets at high tide. And it almost reminds me a lot of New Orleans, how New Orleans is really below sea level. And without all those pumps they have in that special irrigation, New Orleans would flood even just under normal conditions, not without a storm surge. So it's very similar in St. Augustine. And when you have the high tide with a storm surge, the water just comes gushing over the seawall. So they've tried all kinds of solutions to try to uh, stop this, you know, massive catastrophic flooding, but it just happens over and over again. And that city, even without a hurricane, just a really bad uh, thunderstorm that has a lot of rain, uh, you'll see the, the uh, streets start filling up with water. So I don't know what the solution is, but uh, they seem resilient. Uh, the people of St. Augustine, the business owners, the people that live in that historic zone, uh, they just rebuild. And a few weeks later, you'd never know there was a storm. Uh, so I plan to go back up there uh, probably in a day or two and uh, see if any of my favorite coffee shops are open and to just kind of maybe ride around on my mountain bike and get an assessment of what damage 
took place there. I did take my mountain bike and I did uh, about an 18 mile ride all around um, Palm Coast uh, a couple of days ago. And I posted all those pictures up on my Facebook just so you can kind of see what happened. Um, a lot of trees down. Um, I didn't see anybody lose their whole fence, but sections of fencing down. Uh, that's pretty much uh, the, the damage. Uh, some stop signs were down, but we did not do bad at all here in Flagler County and uh, St. John's County. From what I have seen and heard, other than the historic district, which had all this flooding, really St. John's County did well also. Uh, so once the water recedes, uh, which I believe mostly it has, and they start cleaning up, uh, it'll be back to business as usual. I Literally in a few weeks, you won't even know that this happened. That's just St. Augustine. They know how to bounce back uh, from these things. And, uh, you know, thank God uh, you know, my house is fine. My roof is fine. Other than some minor damage, um, no issues. So back to this issue of homeowners insurance, because this is a tricky issue. And one of the things that even myself, having my whole career has been in the financial industry, I used to own an insurance agency. I will be honest with you and tell you that I still do not understand how the homeowner's insurance works. Because in Florida, you have homeowner's insurance that covers covers all your normal homeowner's uh, risks. But then you also have this special part of your policy that deals with hurricanes and deals with wind. And then depending on where you live, you may need to have flood insurance, which is a whole separate policy. Uh, so you can buy flood insurance really anywhere you live, but um, it won't be required by your lender unless you live in a high risk flood area. And this is really tricky because if your home floods and you don't have flood insurance, you don't get any money from your regular homeowner's insurance. There is an exception though. If the reason your house flooded was because you had wind damage, let's say your roof blew off and then rain came in and your house flooded, well, that would be covered, but it wouldn't be covered if just water came rushing in because of, of regular run-of-the-mill flooding. So this is tricky. And sometimes there are disputes, and this happened in Katrina in New Orleans. There are these disputes where, uh, you know, the insurance companies want to say, well, no, that's flooding and that's a flood insurance policy issue. And the homeowner says, no, you know, this is flooding from the rain because my roof uh, leaked. And then you have the battle and and who wants to pay the damages. And so it goes back and forth. And sometimes it goes into court, which is what happened in in Katrina. And uh, sometimes insurance uh, companies split the difference. And the, the uh, you know government flood insurance pays some and then the regular homeowners insurance pays some. But it's interesting to note how few people really know what coverage they have. And they don't really understand what flood covers and what the normal homeowners covers. And they don't understand with hurricane damage that there is a deductible. So it doesn't cover you from like the first 500 bucks. There's a deductible and uh, it's thousands of dollars. So, uh, you know, when we had the damage, I believe it was from Matthew, we had roof damage. We got a new roof and the roof was, I think, twenty two or twenty three thousand dollars but we still had to come up with like $4,000 of that. So it wasn't like normal where we'd, you know, be responsible for say the first 500 bucks. There's a much higher deductible 
when it comes to damage from a hurricane. And then to to at you know make matters worse, a lot of people don't have really an inventory of what's in their house. And I'm guilty. Uh, I I will tell you that in this studio is thousands of dollars of equipment. And if you were to you know wipe this all out and I had to tell you everything that was here, I could probably figure it out. Do I have a lot of pictures and lists of what I have and what I paid for it? No, I don't. And very few people do. And then you get into this whole issue of, do you get, how much money do you get? Do you get, um, you know, a certain amount of coverage that you paid for. So you pick an amount that your house is insured for. A lot of times that's just the mortgage, the original mortgage balance. That's how much coverage you bought years ago, but now your house has gone up so much and the cost of construction has gone up so much. Do you have replacement coverage? That is now that let's say your house is a total loss. Do you have enough money to rebuild your house? And maybe you don't, if you don't have replacement coverage, or if you don't have a policy coverage that is equal to the cost to rebuild. So these are all very complicated issues. And especially if you live in a high risk area like Florida, uh, you need to understand these things and you need to have a good insurance agent, not just shop around for the cheapest deal, but you need to find an agent that will explain to you all of these different risks and what you need to know and how you need to be prepared and uh, how flood insurance works versus how hurricane insurance works. And it's not just Florida, right? I mean, you could be in Oklahoma, Kansas, wherever, and you know, you have tornado risks. Uh, uh, there's wildfire risks if you live in California. So uh, just, you know, insuring what is probably your largest asset which is your home is not easy to understand. And, and a lot of people just don't have enough coverage. They don't have the right kind of coverage and they don't have a good inventory of what is in their home uh, to begin with. So I thought this was interesting. Somebody on my Facebook posted this and speculation is already building about, you know, what impact that Ian, this hurricane is going to have on the midterm elections. And you just don't know, right? I mean, Florida is that uh, important state. It, it always is that important state, whether it's midterms, whether it's the presidential cycle. And uh, what are they going to do? And it affects also the Carolinas. So are we going to have another reason maybe for mail-in ballots and not having a normal uh, you know, election where you show up at the polls? Uh, who's going to ask? Um, and I'll mention, by the way, uh, I'll be talking a little bit more about elections because I am now officially banned by YouTube. Uh, they banned me this week, and that's because of talking about the election. And not that I've ever bought into the entire, you know, election is rigged conspiracy. I never really bought into all of that, but I did have a lot of questions about a lot of the irregularities in the election. And it's okay to ask questions, I think. Um, and it's okay to say, well, maybe we don't know one way or the other. Uh, and that's kind of where I ended up with on the issue. But we've had experts on, on kind of both sides of the issue. But anytime we talk about elections, um, we have had trouble with YouTube. And they finally uh, took away my YouTube channel 
uh, earlier this week. So I'm no longer on YouTube, but everything is on Facebook. Uh, everything is um, duplicated over on Rumble and, and other places. So they can't just make me disappear. Um, but, you know, people are asking, I think, legitimate question about, you know, what um, what could happen with the elections and, you know, how that could affect the outcome. Um, and, and we'll have to see. So <laughs> this is this is fascinating as a guy who is uh, going through a divorce right now. Uh, as a lot of, you know, my wife filed for divorce in April. And so I'm going to be single soon. And I thought this story was interesting. I'm kind of laughing. But Mackenzie Scott who is the former wife of Jeff Bezos, who is worth $279 billion. $279 billion. Can you believe that? So after she divorced Jeff Bezos, apparently she married a 52-year-old Seattle school teacher. And uh, now after two years of being remarried, she's getting divorced again. So Mackenzie Scott, worth $279 billion will be back on the market as a single lady. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm, you know, I'm not connecting any dots that I will soon be single and Mackenzie Scott will soon be single. But uh, if you're single and you have a connection, uh, maybe you can get an introduction. Uh, she's a nice looking lady and, and uh, worth $279 billion. Uh, you know, I, and she gives a lot of her money away to charity. It sounds like a fantastic person. All right. So Marco Rubio, our senator here, one of our senators in Florida, has vowed to oppose any potential Hurricane Ian aid package if lawmakers load it up with stuff that's unrelated to the storm, quote unquote. And uh, I hope he does. And I know they're going to do that, right? You're going to have all of this, you know, bizarre cockroach research for millions of dollars and, you know, money for other parts of the country and all kinds of pork projects are going to be loaded into any kind of relief bill to help the people of Florida and the people of the Carolinas. You're going to see it happen. And we just need uh, people like Marco Rubio to stand up and say, hey, I know my state needs this money. But I'm not going to make a deal with the devil. I'm not going to support a a hurricane aid package that's filled with a bunch of pork. And I hope he sticks to his guns because um, it's important that we start, you know, using this, these, uh, the money from these disasters needs to go for that and nothing else. And it's important that we start really closely monitoring uh, these kinds of expenditures because i mean we're at a point now i mean we're at a tipping point with the amount of our national debt we just can't afford anymore uh to turn these aid packages into big fat pork bills uh so hopefully marco's going to stick to that there should be some uh money i guess coming down the pike in a few days i guess maybe within a week so we'll see what the bill looks like uh, one thing that uh, unrelated to the storm, in a sense, but um, not so much because people are still buying houses and that all goes forward now that the hurricane is over. But one of the things that is happening is we're seeing the interest rate uh, for mortgages. It's approaching 7%. Now, historically, 7% is not a terrible interest rate. It, it's not, but people are used to three, three and a half percent. So in terms of the context of recent years, 7% sounds really horrible. And I get that. So one of the things that I have been doing 
and trying to, you know, tell my realtor partners, uh, you know, to start thinking about our buy downs. You know, this is where you can pay a little bit of money and instead of your rate, you know, being 7%, you can get it down to 6% or, you know, even a little bit lower. If you're willing to pay some upfront money, which is called a buy down. And one of the smart ways that realtors are doing this is they're actually working out a deal with the seller. So they're saying to the seller, Hey, let's sell your house more quickly. Um, let's put aside, you know, five or $6,000 and let's offer to buy down the rate, uh, for the buyer so that this house can now offer a special lower interest rate. And so this is what people are doing to deal with the spike in rates, which I believe rates are going to come back down a little bit, probably in the next few months. Uh, they're kind of peaking out, I think, at close to seven. Um, but I think we're going to see rates uh, react and come back down some. Uh, but for right now, the next few weeks, uh, these buy downs are really smart strategies. Even if you as the buyer have to use your own money to buy down the rate, uh, the numbers make sense. And that's something a good loan officer can help you with. And I love the idea of realtors working with sellers and coming up with a little bit of incentive money. Hey, you buy this house, we're going to give you X amount of dollars to buy down the interest rate. Well, speaking of real estate, uh, this article caught my eye. What counties, what areas uh, of the United States have seen the most significant drops in home prices? So so this is interesting. Alameda County, which is Oakland, California, uh, has had a recent price drop of 11%. And I have been saying this. I've been saying this for years that the San Francisco Bay Area is insanely overpriced. It is beyond belief. I mean, you get a little two bedroom house that was built in 1950. That's 45 minutes drive into downtown San Francisco. They want over a million bucks for something like that. Uh, so the Bay Area has been hit down 11 percent. Uh, Travis County, which is Austin, Texas, is down nine percent. That's another real estate market that was way overheated. Uh, Santa Clara County, that's San Jose, California, is down eight percent. Contra Costa County, which is um, another uh, Bay Area near Oakland, down 7%. And then last but not least is Fairfax County, Virginia, which is a suburb of Washington, D.C., down 7%. So one of the interesting things there, you don't see any Florida counties on there. And, and I continue to say that it is a very intelligent argument to make that Florida is the next California that the prices of real estate in Florida have a lot higher to go. They really do. And one of the big niches right now that I'm seeing in my area is people investing in Airbnb rental properties. Some of these homes, they can rent for $500 a night. And I mean, even with, uh, you know, 70, 80% occupancy, you're talking about, uh, $12,000 or more per month in income using the Airbnb short-term rental type of a model uh, to rent out homes. And this is becoming really big in Florida. And uh, the Florida market is, it's going great uh, guns. And what somebody asked me the other day, why? What? Well, I mean, obviously Florida has been inexpensive, maybe not as inexpensive anymore, but this whole remote working phenomenon, which started with COVID, is giving people the opportunity to choose not to live in Chicago, Detroit, New York City, New Jersey. Why live in those areas? High cost, crime problems, 
horrible weather a lot of the year when you can live in Florida, keep your same job and work remote. So it is the remote working phenomenon that is the phenomenon that is really changing the map of real estate. Okay, this article, uh, for those that love cryptocurrency, and you know, for years we've talked about Ripple XRP. So Ripple XRP has been sued by the Securities and Exchange Commission. And this lawsuit has been battling and going on. Um, you know, it's a pitched battle going back and forth and back and forth for years. And it looks like that Ripple is winning and they're probably going to win and it's probably going to be over soon. And I saw an article today predicting $20 for Ripple. And I'll tell you what the price is right now as we go to air. Uh, Ripple XRP. Oh, why can't I get a price? Oh, there we go. Uh, I was looking at earlier today. So uh, it's 45 cents, 45 cents. So, you know, I'm not uh, necessarily guaranteeing the $20, but look, I mean, 45 cents. So let's say that you put a thousand bucks in, you know, at 45 cents, um, you could end up turning a thousand dollars into what? 40,000. Can you imagine a thousand bucks turning into $40,000 uh, if Ripple goes from 45 cents up to $20, right? Uh, that's 40 fold, right? So $40,000, um, could, could happen. I, I have always thought ripple XRP could be the next Bitcoin opportunity. And the price is right at 45 cents. I don't see it going down much at this point. So it's one of those deals that I love when evaluating risk and you say not much downside here, but look at the upside, you know, look at how much upside that we have. Okay. We'll close it out with this tonight. Uh, the cruise industry has a problem. This, there's a big article on this today and I read it and I thought, well, what's the problem? And they said the problem is for the cruise line, but it's an opportunity for you. And one of the, um, you know, really most, um, uh, poignant, uh, issues that they got to was the pricing. And what they're saying right now is that uh, post COVID, so after the COVID crisis and all that, the cruise lines are filling up again. So, so good news. They they're they're getting ninety percent, um, you know, capacity now, which is great for them. However, in order to get the ninety percent capacity, they are discounting anywhere from twenty five to fifty percent uh, compared to the same um, all inclusive packages on land. So dollar for dollar, it's like you're getting a 50% discount. I'm not a huge cruise of fan, um, a huge cruise fan. I've been on a ton of them. I have a friend and she's like a genius. She's always on cruises. I don't even understand how she does it. You know, she'll tell me these deals she gets for like 200 bucks. She'll be on a cruise for a week. I, I don't, I mean, I know that doesn't include everything. There's port taxes. There's all the tips you got to give out to all the different workers. So it's not just the 200 bucks. And when you do any shore excursions, there's money and there, there's extra money for things. But, but still, I mean, it seems like cruises are a real bargain. And uh, if you're somebody that likes cruises or you've never been on one, uh, it seems like they kind of have their act together. We're not hearing about any big outbreaks. Uh, it seems like they've learned their lesson. Even before COVID, they were having these, you know, mass uh, breakout outbreaks of flu and different things on the ships. We're not hearing about that. And, uh, it, it would be fun, right, to, to get on a cruise ship for a week. They've got Internet now. So people like me that work remote, I mean, who knows? Maybe I can 
uh, go get some kind of a super incredible $200 deal on a cruise and disappear for a week. It would be fun. And uh, it looks like the deals are are out there and uh, they're saying dollar for dollar as much as 50% discounts compared to the cost for a similar uh, package, uh, all-inclusive package on land. All right, that'll close it out for this week. Uh, uh, keep praying for people in Florida, especially Southwest Florida and also the Carolinas. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. And remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.